Here we go. You are now listening to Random Rambling with Rock. Yay! What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to thank you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody recommended you to me, if you're a new listener, go ahead and let that person know that you appreciate them for giving some new content to listen to. I know you out there trolling and shit. You out there on uh, what it is, Twitter, talking about, hey, man, I'm going on a long car ride. Can you give me some podcast recommendations? And hopefully you're actually using them shits and not trying to get your analytics up on all your goddamn tweets, you sorry sons of bitches. But anyway, give that person that recommended you to me a crisp high five. If you're being socially cautious right now and don't want to be touching people's hands and stuff, pick up your social media app of choice and send that person a well-crafted DM and tell them thank you for recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rambles with Rob on various social media platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show. Instagram at the 3R Show. You can find this interview amongst many others on YouTube. Just search for 3R Show. And for anything that I may have forgot to mention, you can find on randomrob.com. To include this fly-ass hat right here, not this fly-ass hat or this fly-ass hat, because this will get, somebody will tell you where you can find this fly-ass hat here in a moment. But joining me is a guest that I got here local to the H-Town. Um, I met this man while I was journeying the, uh, the back alleys and boroughs of Houston, watching all these various wrestling shows and uh, networking and co-mingling and everything. Joining me is funny man extraordinaire, Two Charms. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on, Rob? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Yes, man. I, uh, I, I seen you at, uh, where we was at? We was at New Texas Pro, because I know you go to all of them. You go to what, what it is? Uh, just to, just local New Texas Pro. Yeah, so we got all that going down, and I, I seen you there. And what already set you apart from any other fan that was there. You had a fly-ass two-charm shirt on, and I was trying to figure out what the hell that was all about at first. Uh-huh. But you had a big-ass cooler full of beer, and it was just chilling and having a good-ass time at the wrestling show. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, yeah, shout out my man, Casey. That's the cooler man, Casey. Yeah, uh, I think that's like my second New Texas Pro. That's where I met you at. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm in the back catalyst. Yeah, yeah. But damn, I mean, shit, just even that in itself. I mean, we obviously we was at a wrestling show, so it would entail that you enjoy professional wrestling. I mean, and not only that, I mean, as I could see behind you on the walls and everything, you got all types of memorabilia and collector's items and everything. And I remember when you got that door right there. <laughs> that yeah, you were there with that door. Yep, yep, you were there when I got that. Yeah. But like yeah, big but like when when did this start for you the fandom of professional wrestling oh shoot maybe the age of like five or six back when the hogan and smacho man days back when you know the golden era of wrestling word so, ever I mean, since then i always say that through the attitude era through all the eras i've been been following it i was watching raw a little bit earlier tonight too yeah yeah so like for me you know similar similar path as well 
It's just like, um, but when did you find out about independent wrestling, like non-WWE, WCW shit? Uh, never really went to a show, never really watched stuff. The closest to that is probably ECW, which I wasn't that fan of, which I knew of ECW. But the very first independent show was actually this year in January. Word. Um, I found out of it because a loco at that warehouse had a Sammy Guevara, AEW. I'm a big AEW fan. So I had no idea about the independent scene. I had no idea about either promotion. What brought me there was the flyer that uh, come and meet and greet Sammy, which is a uh, Houston owned. I follow his vlog as well. Mm-hmm. And he supports uh, stand-up comedy. He's a lot of my uh, friends' comedy shows. So I went there to go meet him, to add him to my collection. And uh, ever since then, uh, Loco put on a magical show and uh, haven't missed a show since. You know, if I'm not booked and working on the weekends, yeah, and they have a show, I'm a, that's where I get my relaxation and be a kid again. And it's such, it depends, it's such a different vibe than your WWE, you know, mainstream wrestling. Yeah. And, it, and it's where you find the, um, the future greats, I like to say, and whatnot. So, I mean, people that, past. <laughs> that, you know, that's under the radar and whatnot. And it's cool because I'm um, going to the local shows and the um, new Texas pro shows. We're starting to see a lot of people um, pop up on AEW dark and dark elevation. Yeah. I can think about five or six that I seen just for the short time in going. Mm-hmm. I've already been seeing five or six, uh, maybe, maybe even more than that, that popped into the AEW dark. Yeah. It's like a, uh, what, Danny Jordan, uh, Slamovich has been there. A lot of the females, Vert Vixen. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. It's, and it's just cool to kind of like see them on that ground floor before they freaking take off mm-hmm. and everything. I think so, Will all, is, ne- is next is next to shine too. Will all day. He, I think he just performed in dark uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yes, that's another, another Texas product. Word. So you know, we, we talk about the wrestling and everything, man. You you gotta l- let me in on the collection, man. I mean, I mean, what 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 got you in the collecting? I mean, wh- why you gotta have all these things, especially a, a half a door <laughs> that we got signed by all the wrestlers <laughs> from the show that night? <laughs> yeah, like you said, like memories. Uh, every time I see that door, I remember where I was at that time. Or when I met, you know, J.J. Watt for the first time, what he told me, it's just pretty much taking mementos and memories some of a certain time capsule and, and bringing it you're gonna hear so I can just come enjoy my video games, drink a beer, and just surrounded by memories. Word, word. And even comedians I worked with, uh, I got a lot of comedians autographed I worked with, they gave me great advice. Uh, so, whoever uh, actors I, I, I try to get a little piece of wherever I'm at, I try to get a little, little something. Word, collector of memories. I, I, um, I talked to, yeah, a guy, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I talked to a guy uh, not too long ago. Um, uh, Nick Bartley, he got a show called uh, Hunting Nostalgia. And, you know, we was talking mm-hmm. and chatting and everything. And he was just like, it's not so much collecting the item, it's just the memory attached to it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I remember that night that you got the door and everything, you were just kind of upset because I believe that was the um, night Mike Bennett was there. And you tried to order a freaking uh, action yeah. figure to get autographed and shit, and it didn't arrive in time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all my figures there. All signed. So, yeah, I definitely wanted them for the wall, but I think I got something better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what brought you I'll to... Get a next... 
<laughs> yeah, next time you'll be back. Now, what what brought you yeah. to the world of a uh, stand up comedy? I mean, what, what what got you interested? Who is some of your biggest influences? Mm-hmm. It's pretty much going back to like to wrestling. I was watching stand up comedy as a child. Uh, my, you know, my older brother and my father. I were young watching the uh, all the Eddie Murphys and the Robert Townsend specials and going to watch Common Amy and Apollos. I used to watch every week. Uh, Def Jam. I think I seen every episode of HBO Comedy Def Jam. Always good watching it, but never saw myself doing it one day. I was just a big fan of it. Never thought I would do it or this is what I want to do. I never said like a kid watching wrestling, hey, this is what I want to do. I never right. said that for comedy. So I just grew up, grew up watching it. And then uh, me and my wife, uh, we used to go like twice a month to the improv. Sometimes they had like specials or freebies. We used to go just to watch uh, the comedians and always enjoyed it. And then my cousin, he knew I was a, a big fan of comedy. And he used to always go rent DVDs and see the HBO Netflix specials. So he was, hey, man, there's a little club in Sugarland. It has an open mic night. And the host is real funny. Come check him out. So now thinking of it, me and my wife went to go see the comedy. Uh, the host is real nice. He's from L.A. And he kind of gave us some inside stories and stuff. And finally he came over to the house and we're chilling. He kind of convinced me to try it for the first time. This is about seven, eight years ago. And uh, so I tried it. I had my little material ready, ready. And I remember going to this place in Sugarland, and I had all I had a good turnout, friends and family, because they want to see you for the first time at a, yeah. doing comedy. And I was so nervous the first time I ever did comedy. I spoke with an accent. I didn't practice this. I don't talk with an accent. But when I was on stage, I was talking like this. This is how I was telling my jokes the whole time. Like I didn't have no idea where that came <laughs> from. It was just the nerves. And that, but so, but. By me doing that, that cadence kind of helped me set up. Because sometimes as a rookie, you forget the setup punch. But mm-hmm. somehow when I fell into that stupid accent, it gave me the cadence to kind of get a setup punch in. So I was getting kind of over. I was getting a little bit of fun. I got some good laughs and some good uh, try it again. And they were just being nice about it. And I, I fell in love with it. So that week, I started going every week, every week, every week. And, of course, the accent dropped. <laughs> and then I uh, started writing more material because since the kind of the same crowd was coming to me, as a young comic, I couldn't go up there and say the same material like a normal. So I had to keep writing and writing and writing. And so next to you know, after like two or three months, I have a good 20, 30 minutes of, I'm not saying funny material, just yeah. a start. So that's yeah. how I started. And then it all took it from there. And then that comedian, he went back to Los Angeles uh, to go pursue his uh, uh, comedy. And I was just stuck here in you know, the Sugar in Houston area. I had nowhere to go. And I've been doing it for a few months, stopped. So then I went on Facebook and saw a comedy contest. And uh, it was Houston's Funniest. And I entered it. And uh, no one never seen me from the comedy scene because I was out in that one little bar. So that yeah. was like my little practice. So I wasn't going to the scene, all the open mics, like the normal Houston comedians. I, I, I was set away. So I entered that contest, not knowing anybody. And I did really well. But that was my first contest. I think I placed top five. I think I got three or fourth. And uh, other when people saw me, that's when... Other comedians were like, hey, man, I got a show here, or I run this show at this side of town, or come to my... So that's how I started networking, and that was seven, eight years ago, and uh, and then that, and then how I got my stage uh, comedian name, Two Charms, is uh, during those, maybe my fifth, uh, third, fourth year of comedy, I did a show as Juan Villarreal, and Juan Villarreal, you might know him from a BET Comic View, I think he's the most comic to appear on Comic View, uh, Houston's own Juan Villarreal, same last name as mine, but uh, not related. Uh, I have two R's in my last name. He has one R's last name. So anyways, long story short is uh, uh, he was very big time and I asked him just to get on the show. You know, don't pay me nothing. Just let me get on the show. He said, yeah, sure. Come on. So I get on the show not knowing that Chingo Bling. Oh. Yeah, Chingo Bling was on the same the same lineup. 
So uh, and that's when he was just starting, uh, yeah. transitioning from rapping to doing stand-up. And I had a couple years on him. And uh, so that's when I first met him. And uh, we had crazy sold-out shows. We did like two shows Thursday, three shows Saturday, Friday. It was like seven shows in three days. It was, it was crazy. And that's when I first started into merchandise gaming. But that's before I was two charms. So that's had like a little T-shirt and a little little 20 minute DVD, nothing special. But yeah. then when I saw Chingo Bling perform, I saw he had, when I was on stage, I saw everybody had the hats, the snapback hats with his name. I saw he had bobbleheads. I saw he had all this and kind of opened my eyes into the merchandise gaming. So long story short, after that uh, show, um, Chingo Bling goes, here's my phone number. Uh, I'm gonna give you a call you know, the next day or the next day. And, and I think I got an idea for you. And then that call kind of helped me because that call says, hey man, I'm gonna do a skit and I wanna do like a broke rapper. You know, like a rapper that's overdone and thinks he's, Balling, he's at the yeah. he's at the corner stores. Hey man, just buy the CD five bucks, man. You know, buy it. And always stunting. So he goes, I want you to play that over the top um, rapper. And I already had him. I was like, Oh, I think I can do that. I can do that. Because in my closet, uh, back in the you know the early two thousand, when Sharpstown was popping with the jewelry and the grills and all that, yeah. I got fell into that trap too. So uh, <laughs> I went to my costume jury. Yeah, I fell into that trap, dressing like a rapper. You know what I'm saying with the the famous and the stars and all that stuff. So I picked up a necklace. And I had two charms on the necklace. I guess maybe I was cleaning it up. I just threw an extra pendant on the charm. So this is when two chains was really uh, famous at this time. So when I picked up the chain, I had two charms on it. I was like, huh, one chain, two charms. And it just rang a bell. So fast forward, when he told me, hey, man, I got this idea for you to, to do the over the rap character. I was like, hey, I got those two charms. I got those two charms. So I went to the house. I grabbed the most loudest hat, the most loudest uh, hoodie. <laughs> I put on my grill. I had to clean the grill. Then... Uh, uh, put on the chain. I said, okay, perfect. So then we went to his warehouse uh, to do some comedy writing. Cause like I said, he was first starting out doing comedy. So we used to have writing sessions, you know, we used to have writing sessions and, and go over material. He goes, all right, cool. All right, writing sessions over. Orlando, can you go changing that character you're gonna do for the skit? And uh, we're about to get start filming. I said, cool. So I went to my car. Like I said, I grabbed my chain, my hat, my jacket. And my sunglasses, then I came into his warehouse, full character. This is two charms, one chain. I just got off the plane. Where's my Fiji? And then Chingo eyes, he lit up. He goes, oh, wow, this, okay, this is going to work. <laughs> so I was full character, full doing it. And so they recorded it and I laid it and he goes, yeah, whatever you're doing, just keep doing more of. So I was just doing the over the top and they did the whole skit for it. It's on YouTube. It's uh, it did a Sarah McLaughlin, like, please give 50 cents a day. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Freaking arms of angel and shit. Yeah, yeah, they had me like that and me rapping and me grilling. And next thing you know, um, we did it. About a week later, they edited it and they put it out. And he sent me a text, well, hey, man, video's out. I said, cool, you know, I think maybe 20, 30 people are going to see it, 100 people, you know. And he put it on his platform. I looked on there. It had, like, 76,000 views, like, in an hour. I was like, holy shit, every time I do a video, I only get like a few, yeah, yeah. A few views, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> only five views and five likes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had commas and stuff. I was like, oh, shoot. So he goes, hey, man, uh, we're going to do Corpus. You want to come come uh, with me and uh, so open up for me in Corpus? I said, cool. I said, should I bring that two charms character on stage? He goes, yeah, try it, try it. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so then I'm working, I'm getting nervous. Like, man, how am I going to transition my normal comedy set and then intertwine this two charms character, which uh um which like it was hot like this was maybe a week after this video dropped. So I mean it was it was still climbing the life. So I'm thinking in my head like how am I gonna transition? How am I gonna do this on stage? So I went to Corpus uh, first time I've been there, and uh, we did another uh, two shows Friday, three shows Saturday. It was crazy. So the first time he goes I had my little uh, bag of my um, 
almost like a costume bag, like a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And then I had my hat and I had my shirt, I had my girl, and everything. And then uh, some people looked in it and they're like, wait, that was you? I was like, oh shit, people aren't. So then I kind of felt okay because like people know who it is. Yeah. Like it was not really strange. I was like, that gave me a little bit better because they, they looked at the bag like, wait, that guy's you? So I was like, all right, let me try it. So I go on stage and I do my normal 10 minute set as Orlando, like what I had there, you know, blah, 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 regular comedy. Then, then at the end, I was like, okay, now this is so awkward for me. I was like, yeah, uh, now we got a special pest guest here. Here he comes. Y'all get ready for two charms. And then it took me forever, right? Because I got to go in my bag, get put on shit. my jacket, ass crack it so, and you know, ass crack it so into the crowd. Everyone's just staring at me while I'm getting the hat, getting the sunglasses. And then uh, finally I get that on. And I go to the crowd, hey, it's two chains, one time with that, right? That, and they're just like looking at me. And then I was like, I gotta break the ice. I gotta break the ice. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I just came from the Virgin Islands and they're not virgins no more. And then kind of got a laugh, kind of got a laugh and got a little character. And then I just left. I was like, and the Chingo was like, that was good. I was like, I don't know. It feels, you know, like it's missing something. Like it's the pause and it's not organic. So I took it to the lab and then I was like, hmm, what about if I go up there? I just straight up two charms, yeah. use my jokes. And intertwined, that's something a comedian doesn't do. Because when I do my stand-up, I go, when I say one chain, y'all scream two charms. Like, no comedians do crowd participation like that. So, yeah, like, yeah. Well, let me intertwine this hip-hop flavor with a normal stand-up and blend it in together. Me about wearing the hat on stage and doing that. So, that's how I did that. And that was maybe about four or five years ago. And uh, that's how the two charms character got built all from that one uh, video. Word. And now I was able to be blessed to perform in... Miami, Hawaii, uh, Vegas, all around Texas. So this little name brand. And uh, like I said, when I saw Chingo with all this merchandise, so now I have my own, you know, my own headbands, my own two charms candles, all CDs and DVDs and hats and T-shirts and sweaters and Word. stickers and everything. So I just took that brand and took the ball and ran with it. Word. So I mean, is, is there a two charms mixtape out yet? Yes, there's an uh, official album. It's on, uh, I got it, uh, hard copies and it's on iTunes and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, Two Charms twice as fun and has a lot of great features because uh, when I was on comedy, I was rapping first, like doing this uh, freestyling and going to little flea markets, paying $10 for demo CDs and, you know, buy a little studio at the house and nothing came out out of it. But then when I started becoming Two Charms, a lot of the rappers started coming to my comedy shows. Uh, and then it is. I was appearing in their music videos as his character. So I'm in like four or five music videos, or maybe six, uh, be doing the two times character in their videos. So I'm like, hey, man, well, I always want to be a rapper. And I'm all these rappers, and I'm in their videos. I was like, hey, man, uh, how would you like? And I got all this access to these studios. So I was like, uh, how would you like to be on my album? And, you know, they're all rest of me. They didn't charge me. So I got like a lot of legends I grew up watching uh, or listening to, I should say. Um, their albums and stuff blessed me to be on my album, my official debut solo album, uh, Two Charms Twice as Fun. Yeah, I know. I just downloaded it. <laughs> just that dang fast. Look at the good cable. <laughs> <laughs> Word. I'm going to listen to that later. So, I mean, I mean, along with being a wrestling fan, you know, just enjoying comedy or whatever, I mean, you you just brought it up. I mean, you spawned this character, Two Charms, you know, mm-hmm. as a fake rapper or whatever but yes you had intentions of being a rapper at some point so i mean yeah <laughs> yeah it just all felt yeah it just all like you said it's networking and just 
keep the hustle, keep the drive because, you know, now I was doing concerts and now I do a lot of hosting concerts. I just hosted a concert maybe about a week and a half ago mm-hmm. uh, with no AC. Oh, it was hot in there, like literally hot in there. Uh, but yeah, like for me hosting with Big Pokey and and me working with ESG and, and ESG, uh, yeah, multiple times. Uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I never thought of that, you know. I never thought that would happen. And then it led it to acting. Me and, uh, my wife went to L.A. for a few months, about four or five months, and uh, did about 12 movies. And I mm-hmm. uh, had my wife doing some extras. I did some extra stuff and then came home, did a movie with uh, Rashid. And uh, I know you, Hector, from Fast and Furious. You know Hector, the ball? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I got a movie with him. He's Hector here in and, every uh, movie that he in. Hector, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm doing a shout-out for me. And uh, he's doing comedy, too. I, I might have something in the works with him doing comedy when I was talking to him. And... Uh, I know my uh, my comedian friend did some comedy with them too, but yeah, like uh, I'm getting movies, acting. I got my own music videos. You know what would be funny as fuck? So mm. it's just like, you know, just talking with you a little bit and everything, and you know, you bring up uh, your boy, uh, the dude Hector or whatever. Yeah. I can see y'all doing like your own Spanish version of Friday. Yeah, that'd be great. We can see that. Yeah, I can see that. And that 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 kind of movie that uh I when uh. That I did with him. It is kind of like a Friday-ish movie. It's called uh, the first of the month, and it's on YouTube. And I, I played the hustle in it, and uh, like I said, uh, Hector's he's in it as well. But yeah, so that movie we did that. It's kind of a Friday-ish, but yeah, I would love to do something with me and him solo like that. Be that'd be dope. Word. Make day. So I mean, shit, man. I mean, it's just it's like you you just living it, man. Already, it's just so. Has there been an itch? You know, I mean, you're a fan of professional wrestling and everything. Yeah. Has there been an itch to be a professional wrestler or even just, you know, try it out? No, no, I can never, <laughs> no, I, a definite no. Uh, maybe if I was a lot young, no, still no. I, hey man, I, DDP I, started I at 35, homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I seen uh, with my own close eyes what they go through and uh, I give my hats off to them. Like a lot of people tell me like, man, I can't see how you can go up this audience in front of hundreds of people and talk for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I can't see how, you know, a Gino Medina or, a, or, you know, anybody like that can go into the ring and take those chest slaps and tables like Brian Keith. Like I can't, I get my hats off to that. Cause that's, 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 some, that's another level. So yeah. I got, um, actually had an opportunity to get into a local uh, promoter, Jaime. Um, he asked me to do some type of segment, which I could do like in ring, uh, comedy, but I, he wanted me to do comedy. I said, like, I can't do no stand up in front of wrestling fans, they're gonna boom me out. They don't want to hear no dang jokes, they don't want to watch wrestling. So, hey, I told man, them, that can transition into you being a manager for somebody, man. Exactly. So, uh, so we're working on something like that, but uh, something it fell through. But he said, next time it's it, we'll have something to work next time. But yeah, I can definitely never be uh, in ring competitor, uh, not even close. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, 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 I got a little bit of training in it or whatever, yeah. Um, there go. That 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 first bump was a motherfucker, man. It was just, <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. I, I hit it and it's just like I popped right back up. I was like, yeah, that was cool. And then I was just like, I don't know, it's is it's a weird feeling because you're falling on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, you your every urge in your body is, you know, the- trying to be like, I don't want to fall, dude. What what are we doing right now? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> And it's just I, shit. Hell, even the first clothesline I got, motherfucker, waylaid the shit out of me. And my teeth, <laughs> my teeth did like you know how they uh you on the, you've been on the movie set. You say you did like twelve movies. You know they got the little clapper. How they go? Clack, 
That's how my oh, teeth yeah. did. It was like, <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel you on that. But, what you but, mean? But it's a like you said, it's a crazy experience. They they beat their body from uh, Monday to Sunday or whatever. And, you know, and like I feel like maybe what you do is a little bit more nerve wracking than, you know, what they do in the ring or whatever. Cause I mean, you got a partner in there and you just kind of can zone out and just be in the moment with your, the person that you're wrestling and everything and kind of, you know, push that outside noise away, but you on stage, you front and center in front of everybody and staring them in the eyeballs and shit. And they looking at you and you looking at them. Some of them (laughs) looking at their phone and some people having sidebar conversations while you're trying to make your motherfucking punchline being rude as fuck. And you just want to, you just want to hit them with the high eye, but (laughs) you only got a minute up there on stage. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, that's why a lot of these, um, these bar shows I do kind of help me, propel and propel when i hit the big stage like the improvs because i have to put up with that i gotta win this guy over i gotta win this person over that hey man i didn't even know this comedy this is my local bar what are these guys telling jokes here like put on the jukebox and i gotta <laughs> get that guy over and that's happened just recently it was a female actually and uh at the end of the show this actually really happened and then she told my wife like man he was so good and they're so tasteful and all that and that's from her not wanting to be there so yeah so all that kind of builds your character your grind your experience mm-hmm. So when you're on the big stage, you're prepared for it. So it's like taking your bumps. I spoke with a lot of wrestlers after the uh, shows, uh, quite a few of them, and I told them that what I do and what they do it was really similar mm-hmm. as far as uh, traveling traveling uh, to small, all these venues, staying at yeah. uh, shitty hotels, dealing with uh, shady promoters, going to venues. You don't know there's going to be 10 people or 1,000 people, um, depending on what, what your money is. And then after the show, sell your gimmick, sell your merchandise, yeah. and then get your money and go on to the next next town, the next town, the next venue. So yeah. it's very similar to a independent wrestler on what, what I do, you know? Cause like this week I'm really lined up. Like tomorrow I'm performing at the Secret Group Comic Club in the, uh, uh, downtown tomorrow at eight o'clock. And then the following day I'm hosting an open mic at Phil and Derek. And then that Friday I got two shows and this Saturday I got two shows. So I'm squeezing five shows in a four-day time span. Shit, so uh, one stage, two shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This Friday and Saturday, I'm at Phil and Derek's, uh, uh, Midtownish, and I'm doing two shows Friday and two shows Saturday. So I like those because I get my rhythm. By the time I get my third, fourth show, I got my swing, I got my my timing, and everything's good now. So I like doing weekends because it, it feels like it's like you're going to the gym. You have that good, you know. Yeah. Not too many times you could pour four times in four eight hours, you know. Yeah, word. Shit, it's just. I've been yeah, told, I got this week ahead of me. Yeah, it's just. So, You've been told what? So, like, for you being an actual act and everything, going on the road, doing, you know, doing shows and whatnot, um, what advice do you give to anybody else? Because, I mean, even though you've only been doing it what, from five, five to seven years or whatever, I mean, you're still senior yeah. to somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, yeah advice do you give to people that have been doing it for a short amount of time than you? Uh, just write as much as you can and just try to go as much open mics as you can just to get the words out of your mouth and try to record them so you can listen to it. And so when you listen to it, you can be like, oh, I could take, I should add this word there or that was perfect. I'm going to keep that. Or I use so many words for that punchline. Let me take some words out. So my advice is keep writing, keep saying them in front of the audience and record and listen to your recordings. Wow. That's how I kind of um, 
I just be in the car uh, after my set and I used to play the audio on my, uh, my car, listen to what I just did, uh, drink a beer and like write down notes. And then when the crowd pops on something, I'm going to attack it. And when they don't pop, fix it. So that's pretty much my advice. Write as much as you can and record yourself. So what's... or I record for you. Yeah. So 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 what? what's the um the process like? Cause I mean you you do music and you do comedy. Yeah. So I mean you, you do you write for both? Mm-hmm. One comes a little more natural than the other, or how's that what's the writing process for those things? Good question. Um Really good question. So it's just the environment, I guess, because right now I don't really write too much comedy because I just pretty much add on to my set now. At this time, I don't like write new premises or new or new um, brand new jokes. What I do for my comedy sets, I, I just probably add flavor, add that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Like I know my material so well so on stage, I'll just like add some freestyle and I add to it and I'll keep it and I'll keep it. And that's how I build my comedy. And for the rapping writing, it's just me going to the studio and I don't like rapping and then lacing it. And then that's our final projects. What I do is kind of write a little bit freestyle, uh, stop it and add, stop and add it in my, uh, my, in my rapping and then take it home, listen to it, memorize it and then come back and lace it word for word without gotcha. reading because I don't like reading and rapping. So that's how I kind of do it with um, creating music is um, kind of a little bit of writing, a little bit of add on, a little bit of freestyle, listen to it. And almost do like I just told the advice for a comedian. Oh, mm-hmm. I should take this out, or I said breath too many breaths there, or if I put this word, I mean a compound syllable here, mm-hmm. and then come back and lace it uh, instead of just reading it. So that's how I that's how I do differently. Word, word, okay, cool. Now, out of all your memorabilia there in the man cave, <laughs> which one would you consider your most prized possession? Oh man, I got quite a few. But you can't go wrong with the 94, 95 Rockets roster from Olajuwon, Drexler, Ellie, Ori, Rudy T, Kenny. Yeah, so that's probably that one right there. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the, uh, that 94, 95 roster. Probably my, my prize one. But, yeah, I got a lot of wrestling from Psycho Clown, Laredo Kid, and Sammy, and Autograph Charlotte, Sheamus, and Hulk Hogan draws over there. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan underwear signed. So yeah, I got a lot of stuff. I'm a big Major League fan, so I got uh Tom Berger and from Jake Taylor and Doris. So yeah, I got a bit of everything. And big boxy fan from Tyson and De La Hoya, Shane Mosley. Word. Mm-hmm. Danny Garcia. So I got them all. So yeah, I'm just like everything. Word. You got quite a bit. <laughs> oh, I do got a Kobe. I have autographed Kobe as well. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Mr. Charles, <laughs> Mr. Charles, and shout out to Mr. Charles, man. Because acting like she said, she's been apart from day one. She's taking pictures for me. She's working my merchandise table. She's driving me to these venues. So uh, yeah, she's been there from day one. She sometimes I put her onto uh, uh, movie sets, and she hates it because uh, sometimes uh, some of these extras don't show up and they're like, well, we'll give 200 bucks, 200 bucks. And I was like, tell my wife, like, come on, get these 200 bucks. And come she does it. She 200 it. Bucks. So, yeah, so shout out to her. For always. Yeah, it's 200 bucks, man. And in LA, that's gold. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she, she's been there from day one. Word. And it, it is good to have that support system and everything, and especially somebody to be your reality check. 
Because I know you bounce ideas off of from time yeah. to time. What do you think about this? And be like, nah, I don't like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she, she does do that. Yeah, because my old lady tell me that quite often. She's like, nah. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But hey, man. I mean, it's been great to have you. I mean, I, I got a couple of things I need to wrap up and I appreciate you giving me your time. Um, before we go, oh, no let problem, everybody either. know where they can find you on social media and everything that you got coming up. All right, cool, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so it's two torrents, one chain on Instagram, two torrents on Facebook, two torrents on YouTube. Check out my music video. Got some of my uh, comedy skits, some stand-up skits, and uh, got some videos. Then also... Um, this week, like go on my two channels Facebook. I have all my schedule. Like I said, I got a busy one tomorrow, Tuesday, twenty second. I got the secret group. Uh, it's an all Latino show. It's a free admission. Everyone come out Wednesday. I'm hosting an open mic at Phil and Derek. We have twenty up and coming comics. I'll be hosting that. And then, like I said, uh, Friday two shows. And Saturday two shows at Phil and Derek's. I'll be featuring for the funny Dave Lawson. So y'all make sure y'all come out for that. All the ticket information, all the time locations on my uh, Facebook and Instagram. I hope y'all can make it. Uh, thanks, Rob, for having me on your incredible show. It was great chopping it up, man. Hell yeah. And as it is, for every guest of the Random Rambles with Rob podcast, the door is always open for you to come back to promote your next big thing or just to shoot the shit. <laughs> awesome. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you. Hello, This is Hoppy. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm over here cooking dinner with hooks, rubs, and spices. Uh, B-Rob turned me on to this stuff, and i tell you what, it's great. It's a homemade blend of the finest ingredients sourced from Texas gardens, farmers, and markets. And it's some good shit. i tell you what, try the smoke of sweetness, or you can try Hoppy's favorite, the Mad Cow, which is a nice peppery slap in the face. <laughs> One taste, and you'll be hooked. Hooks, rubs, and spices.